225. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. Uh, my name is Keith, and this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it, not to look at it and see. Uh, we come to it to see through it <laughs> and see God, not to it to look at it and primarily see ourselves. All right. So, uh, yeah, once again, man, like we just don't say that. We really mean that. Um, I know it can sound repetitive and kind of redundant, but we really do come to the God's word to see himself. God has chosen to reveal himself in his word. Uh, 66 books, 40 different authors, 1500 year period, all cohesive in their narrative, telling one story story that climaxes in the person and work of Jesus Christ. We come to God's word, not to just get moral principles, right, to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, but we really do come to it uh, to see the God of the universe and all of his beauty and depth. All right, so we're in the book of Hosea. This is the last day of Hosea. The good news is, man, uh, which is dope, like, this is the longest book of the minor prophets, right? So the rest of the minor prophets up until the end of the Old Testament uh, will be very, very short, uh, literally three to four chapters for these next few books. Some book, some books, even one chapter. And so, um, man, it's so cool. It's so dope to see how far we've come. Nonetheless, uh, for Hosea, we've been talking about this prophet who prophesies to the northern kingdom of Israel, and he's telling them, you guys have been like an unfaithful bride to the God of Israel. You guys have prostituted yourselves with other gods, right? You guys have committed spiritual adultery by committing idolatry, right? And as we've said before yesterday, um, usually where idolatry is present, injustice is sure to uh, closely follow, right? And so uh, that's kind of where we are. Hosea 13 and 14 close out the book. And he says this in 13, I have been the Lord, your God, right? Ever since the land of Egypt, you know, no God, but me and no savior exists besides me. Right. And so the first half of chapter 13, God begins and he's going to remind the people of who he is. Right. Like this is who I am. Why? Why does he do that? Well, what he's going to say is later in this chapter, he's going to say, yo, y'all forgot Right. Like they, they, the people of God forgot. They once again forgot who God was and how he had saved them. Now, did they literally have memory loss? Right. Where they couldn't recall. If you ask them, did God save them out of Egypt? No. But the kind of forgetting that the Bible talks about is more in the realm of neglect. Right. They neglected. Right. To uh, fixate their hearts and their minds on what God had done for them and let that shape, let that shape their lives. And so one of the things that I always say, I've said it on this podcast, is that forgetfulness usually has a close relationship with faithfulness. Right. What do I mean? Well, when we forget, when we're forgetful about the things of God. Right. We can be sure that we're probably not being faithful to the person of God himself. Right. And that's what this text is saying. And then, you know, you know why? Like, you know, precisely when or or when they forgot him, when things got good. Right. When they started prospering. Look at verse six. When they had pasture, they became satisfied. They were satisfied and their hearts became proud. Doesn't that sound like us? Right. Doesn't that sound like us when it seems like when we finally get the things we've been praying for, we forget God. When things start to go well 
in our lives, we forget God. When we start prospering, we begin to forget God. And one of the things that God is going to say is like, no, no, no. All throughout scripture, I oppose God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble man. It says a ton about our faith, whether it's rain, sleet or snow in our lives or in our walk with the Lord, that we're still humble before him, that we still are grateful for the things he's done, that we're still reflecting and spending time with him and telling people about how good he is. Nonetheless, God, in typical fashion, meets their um, sinfulness with his graciousness. He says this, I will ransom them from the power of Sheol. I will redeem them from death. Death, where are your barbs? Sheol, where is your sting? Compassion is hidden from my eyes. Um, you know, the idea of exile here is usually equated with a form of death, right? So that's usually uh, how the prophets subtly but truly will talk about exile, right? As a form of death, of being cut off from the land and a type of fellowship with God. And something that we will continually see from the scriptures is that restoration is like resurrection, right? If God can bring his people back from exile and if God can raise the dead, right? These things and those things have a relationship. These things um, ought to uh, broaden and redefine our plausibility structures, right? About what God can and can't do, right? God is going to scatter his people throughout the earth, right? And bring them back to the land. And, you know, God is going to uh, let his son, send his son as a sacrifice for sins to die on the cross for us, me and you. And he's going to bring him out of death, something that nobody could have ever foreseen. And I just think, man, like, if that's the kind of God we serve, then there should there should never be a hopeless moment. Dr. Martin Luther King says that um, we uh, should accept finite disappointment, but we should never lose infinite hope. Right. Because, yeah, because of the God we serve, we can accept finite disappointment, but we should never lose infinite hope. One of my favorite quotes by Dr. King, Hosea 14, finally. Last chapter, it's a call to repent, right? Nothing new. He said it a ton. The prophets will say this over and over. One of the main themes they have in the corpus is repentance, right? Repent. Israel, return. That's the same word for repent in Hebrew. To the Lord your God, for you have stumbled in your iniquity. Take words of repentance with you and return. There it is again. To the Lord, say to him, forgive all our iniquity and accept what is good so that we may repay you with praise from our lips this is hosea's final call and he will say yo god will say this i will heal their apostasy i will freely love them for my anger will have turned from him i will be like the dew to israel he will blossom like the lily and take root like the cedars of lebanon god says yo if you repent you can receive the promise of restoration. There may be something in your life today as you listen to this podcast and you're like, Lord, help me to repent. Remember that Romans 2 said that God's kindness leads us to repentance. Pray that God will be kind enough to show you where you can do just that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that um, repentance is a means of grace, uh, that it is a chance to uh, turn away from our sin and come back 
to you and choose you, Father. And so I pray that uh, if there's any area in our lives today where we need to repent, we would. I pray, God, that we would live in light of the resurrection, uh, the life out of death you bring, uh, and that would redefine our categories and shape our plausibility structures. In Christ's name we pray.